1: everyone and welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, a podcast all about Joshi Pro Wrestling. I'm Aaron. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined by Taylor. What's up, Taylor?
0: Hi. Happy belated Thanksgiving, Aaron. I didn't wish you Thanksgiving on the day. And a happy Thanksgiving to anyone, I guess, who uh, celebrated Thanksgiving that's listening in.
1: Yeah, a little rude that you did not wish me a happy Thanksgiving on the day. Uh, I, I thought about wishing you a happy Thanksgiving and I thought, you know what? If Taylor doesn't even deem it important enough to wish me a happy Thanksgiving, then why would I do it? Wow, starting a
0: tense episode <laughs> for our twentieth—our <20th, laughs> twentieth episode.
1: That's right. Pretty nice, huh? A milestone. It, truly, truly a milestone. Uh, I guess. So, I mean, that means uh, I'm not really good at math. I think this means we're close
0: to having done this for a year. Is that right? I believe that would mean we're six episodes, because 26 is half of 52, and there's right. 52 weeks in the year, and we do this every other week, right? That's
1: I, that's what I was <laughs> going That's forward. logical math. Yeah. Because so. we would
0: have two. Yeah, because two in December. Well, <laughs> when was our first episode? March I don't, know. I don't remember. I don't know. Well, we're almost 26. We'll count it as our full year.
1: Yeah, right around COVID is, is when we started, yep. is,
0: all, is all I know.
1: All right, well, uh, if you want to keep up with our March Toward 26 episodes, make sure you're following us on Twitter, at JBombAudio. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Taylor's at Mambo. I think I started some trouble again, didn't I? Oh, yeah, about the uh, Konami-Julia match that we'll get to later. Uh, yeah, I, maybe I should stop posting my takes on the Twitter, because people just get mad at me, mostly.
0: I tend to post my takes and no one responds. There's no interaction. And you post a take and every person comes out of the woodwork to yell at us.
1: Well, you got to get hotter takes, I guess, Taylor. I guess so. Actually, when you jumped in on the Konami Julia thing, it also inspired some reactions. So
0: what's funny, although it seemed like when you liked it, people were like, oh, no, it was bad. And when I liked it, all the people who liked it came out and were like, yeah, it was good.
1: Yeah, well. People are nicer to you than they are to me, I suppose. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that, Match. What's funny is when I posted my take on it, I had not seen any other takes on it. So I had no clue that I was doing a controversial take. I guess I just, just in my blood, controversies in my blood.
0: Natural. You're natural.
1: I am, truly. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the show so you get these as soon as they come out. If you use the Apple Podcast app, please give us a five star rating. And a review. And if you'd like to donate to the show, you can do so at RedCircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. We just talked about how we started this show around the time COVID uh, unfortunately reared its ugly head and it is having another impact on uh, Joshi wrestling right now because we've got Marvelous, Pure J and Ice Ribbon all being heavily affected uh, with COVID right now, Taylor.
0: Yes. So uh, we've gone, I think now, a number of months without having to talk about this. But uh, as we talked about on the last episode, Marvelous and Sendai Girls were set to do a sort of joint uh, Cork and Hall show as part of the road to a Gaiaism, ism uh, leading up to the Gaia Japan uh, big reunion show happening next April a couple days before it came out that one of the Marvelous trainees had tested positive for COVID. Um, So out of an abundance of caution, I don't know that anyone else in the promotion tested positive, but out of caution, Marvelous pulled out of the show. So Sendai girls, as we'll talk about in a little bit, ended up changing that show. Um, Then it came out that I think everyone except two people, In Pure J, tested positive uh, for COVID, which then led to sort of uh, a ripple effect. Ice Ribbon had some people pull off shows. They had some people get tested. Um, I know Sakushi and Yappy both um, tested negative, but out of uh, caution, they've been pulled from shows. Um, Diana was supposed to have a show uh, today, actually that they canceled because there were some people who had wrestled these pure J uh, wrestlers who had tested positive. So sort of a, um, not a huge problem currently, but, but trying to be contained, but something to keep an eye on. As we know, um, these sort of things can get quickly out of hand and cause some chaos in terms of canceling shows and things like that. But as of now, looks like it's been fairly well contained. I know marvelous. And I think Pure J announced that none of their wrestlers will be appearing on any shows until December 5th. So they are all quarantined. So that hopefully will uh, take care of that issue.
1: It looks like Japan is in a decent little uptick, although it still pales in comparison to anything happening uh, in the States. But yeah, it looks like they're going through a little uptick, so it's uh, starting to trickle down, I suppose, to some of these uh companies. So hopefully it passes and uh people can keep putting on shows. You know, I mean, it's pretty amazing the relatively low incidence considering that, you know, I turned on the the Wave show and it's they're in Shinkiba
0: and it like it's like packed. Everybody's right up against each other, you know? Well and these promotions so many of the small promotions end up using, you know, very similar talent Or, you know, borrowing talent from other places. It's very surprising because it seems like it would be very easy for it to really, you know, travel very easily through the entirety of of these sort of lower level, independent um, Joshi promotions.
1: Um, We also have here, I guess Marvelous is leaving fresh live. Very sad.
0: Yeah, so they just launched, I think today or yesterday, a channel on uh, Nico, uh, similar to what Ice Ribbon has. I believe it's 990 yen a month. So um, I think just about just under double of what they were charging on Fresh Live. Um, they've put up some sort of older videos, so it's not clear what the model will be if if they'll just put up all their shows there. Or if they'll do some sort of model like Ice Ribbon does where Ice Ribbon charges, you know, they have the monthly fee to access the, the sort of archive if you want, and then they charge for each show. Um, and we won't find out for a couple more weeks, as we talked about Marvelous not having any shows in the next few weeks. So something to keep an eye on, but there had been some discussion about, you know, shows weren't going up on fresh live and they were doing these sort of live pay-per-views so this might be maybe the end point of that switching over to nico to a sort of monthly subscription model
1: well taylor i guess that means i need to go uh, check because i think i still have a fresh live subscription
0: <laughs> well aaron the i i do as well although i learned i don't remember when this was maybe many months ago that i don't believe they ever charged me Oh, okay. Uh, For my subscription, which maybe is why they're switching uh, (laughs) providers because they weren't um, getting any money. I think that that is the case. Uh, But, yeah, so if you are on Fresh Live TV, you may want to check that uh, to make sure that you don't continue to get charged um, because it appears that they will be leaving uh, Fresh Live TV. Sadly, because I did like Fresh Live, I thought it was a very easy uh, service to use.
1: Yes, I'm, like, pulling it up now to try to... I don't even know how to log into it, so that should be good. Um, Another news bit we didn't have here, or not really news, but Stardom is going to have an international shop again, kind of. Uh, They got to shop up with Bai. I guess, is how I'm saying it. (laughs) I don't know if that's how you say it or not. Uh, But, yeah, it looks like I was kind of putzing around on there earlier day. It looks like it should be pretty easy to get things from their store shipped to America now, if you're interested.
0: Yeah, I have used uh by by is one of those words where I've used the service many times, but I've never <laughs> said it out loud to anyone else. Right. So it, I guess that is the the correct way to say it, but yeah, I've used it for other things, obviously not for stardom, but they are very easy. It's very English friendly and very easy to use. Um, and I know that the stardom the the sort of current model of stardom shipping has been um sort of very annoying for many people. So hopefully this will solve it. Um, some of the stuff doesn't get shipped super fast. Like it may take a couple of weeks, but I think it will be more I think it'll be easier to use for most people who are going to be buying from the stardom store frequently.
1: Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, We're going to talk about wrestling shows also on this episode. We're going to talk about Assemble 2. I believe we're going to open the stardom gate once again and talk about uh, the Stardom Sendai Cinderella show since there wasn't a whole ton of stuff that happened this week. Uh, Those will be the two main shows we'll talk about. And then, of course, we'll talk briefly about everything else that happened. And, of course, uh, the shows are going to be coming up over the next couple of weeks. So let's get right into Assemble 2. It's a little more timely than. Uh, the stardom show. So I guess overall, Taylor, let's start there. What were your thoughts on this second Assemble show?
0: I thought it was another good show. You know, it's one of those things when the promotion was announced, it was, it's always sort of hard to gauge these sort of things as to what they'll look like or what they turn out to be. And I don't think that these shows in any way have been, you know, game changing blow away you know, oh my god, I can't believe it, you must see. But I've really enjoyed both shows. I think that they have had they've had a lot of fun matches, a lot of really good matches. It's easy to find um on this Zyco streaming service, which is very easy to use. And um I I think a lot of the matches have been very good. I still think it's a promotion where even on the second, you know, certainly the first card was Was this way, but the second card, even if you're not familiar with some of these promotions, these are a lot of matches that would be really good at sort of introducing you to the styles of each promotion. Now, obviously, they had sort of the Hall of Fame um, match, which is a little bit different, but I think it's a good sort of tasting platter for all of these different promotions in one location. I've really enjoyed. I thought the crowds have been really good because they give them those uh, sort of noisemaker clapper uh, devices. I don't know what their uh, official name is. So I think the crowds have been fun. I think the atmosphere is really fun. I think it's sort of a laid back way um, to introduce a lot of different people and promotions to a larger audience.
1: Yes, I agree with all that. I do think something they should think about is instead of this like lottery, like laying out what the card is going to be in advance so that the wrestlers can put together a match that makes sense for that spot on the card. Like I get that they don't want to necessarily have the same people in the main event all the time, but you can just like move it around, I think. Uh, And I think that would improve some of the matches if it's like, okay, this is the opener. So. We're just going to go like 10 minutes or whatever. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think there's still some things about Assemble that are not clear, at least to me yet, Um, in terms of, you know, there was a lot of talk about they're doing it at the Ueno Park Amphitheater uh, because of COVID, and the big talk was that there would be no... Sort of cross promotional interaction also because of COVID and to prevent, you know, the spread in case something like, as we just talked about with Marvelous and Pure J, if it were to happen, it can be easier contained because you're not having the mixing and matching of talent in different matches. So I'm still interested to see if this, if down the line they did announce they're doing a third show in January. at Ueno Park Amphitheater, they have sort of a small show which we'll talk about in the upcoming show section, uh, which will be interesting to see. But it, I'm interested to see if they, moving forward, change anything, if they start doing interpromotional matches, if they start maybe announcing um, a more official card before the day of the show. You know, I still think only two shows in, it's up in the air. I've sort of enjoyed. Um, the lottery system, because then you don't really know who's going to be at the top of the card. And I think that they've lucked out and they've gotten two pretty good matches on the main event of both shows. The first one was the Marvelous match and this one was Seedling. So I think that they've sort of gotten lucky with that. If they are, you know, if it isn't a worked or a rigged lottery system, I guess that could be the case. But So yeah, I, I see what you... Mean, but I think there's still a lot about this that's sort of up in the air. So I think that that maybe could be coming on a future show.
1: We got started with, I guess this is the Sendai Girls match. Chiro Hashimoto and Dash Chisako versus Manami and Eureka Oka. Uh, Dash got the win, pinning Oka with the frog splash.
0: Yeah, I'm. uh, we were talking a little bit about this before the show started, but I'm so... I've become all of a sudden very interested in Sendai girls because as I've talked about on the show before, I've been very critical of them in terms of booking and, you know, who's getting pushes and what they're doing with the titles. And, you know, one thing I've talked about is, you know, dash sort of has been around is a good worker is fairly popular. um, You know, has a sort of fun gimmick and seemingly just sort of hangs around the middle of Sendai girls. I think she's held one singles title, uh, which was the pure J title for about two months. Uh, I think almost two years ago at this point. So she got the win here, which may not mean anything, or it could mean something combined with, as we'll talk about in a little bit, her winning the Sendai girls tournament at the Cork and hall show uh, today. Uh, so, you know, I thought it was a good match. Obviously, you have two very experienced wrestlers in Hashimoto and Dash against two of the sort of uh, younger wrestlers in Sendai Girls in Manami and Yuriki Oka. So didn't blow me away, but was a, a solid opener. Man, Dash
1: absolutely forearmed the shit out of Manami at one point. <laughs> and it was uh, enjoyable for me. Probably not for her. Uh, it was definitely fun. Just kind of what you'd expect as like, oh yeah, this would definitely be uh, like a semi main event on a Sendai girl show where there was like a Mako main event, you know, and uh, it was kind of, kind of that. Uh, but as you said, still enjoyable.
0: Yeah. I'm so curious to see now that, you know, I don't know, is Mako still booking or what her involvement is, but to see where some of these younger Sendai girls wrestlers Go because it feels like especially Manami has been hanging out sort of as the young wrestler of Sendai Girls for years. And especially in comparison to some of the other younger wrestlers we'll talk about um, further up the card, she doesn't seem to have much upward or forward momentum anywhere. It just seems like she sort of spins her wheels as the young, the sort of the top of the young wrestlers and Sendai Girls. So I'll be interested to see you know, what happens with her in the coming months.
1: Then we had Hibiki, Maria, and Tomoko Watanabe versus Masha Slamovich, Mikoto Shindo, and Rin Karakura. Uh Hibiki got the pin. She pinned Shindo after they exchanged rolling pins for approximately 32
0: minutes. <laughs> Aaron, I'm going to say very controversially, I guess based on that comment you just made, uh, I really love this match. I thought it was really good. I don't think it's the best marvelous match I've ever seen, but as I talked about at the beginning, I think that this is the best sort of display of how, Mar, you know, the marvelous style really was encapsulated by this match. You know, you have sort of the wacky finish with the rolling pins back and forth, back and forth. You had, you know, some moments of, you know, hard hitting action had some great drop kicks in the match, so I thought it was really good. I actually thought it was the best match on the show. I went four and a quarter stars uh, which I'm sure is uh, much higher than than you went Aaron but I just thought it was really really good uh, a a ton of fun um, and it does to your point it went seventeen minutes feels like a match where they were prepared to maybe be higher up on the card because it felt more like a sort of semi main with a lot of near falls and people diving in the ring and things like that. But I still thought it was really great. Uh,
1: no, I didn't like it as much as you. I did not give it a star rating, uh, I must admit. Uh, but, you know, my criticisms, I mean, it, uh, you said it was only 17 minutes. Long. It just felt too long. Like, I thought it peaked a few times, and they weren't able to just, like, finish it up uh, on those peaks. But the stuff that I really liked about it is – uh well the thing that I really liked about it the most was Mikoto Shindo who I'm a big fan of anyway and like my first note when the match started was I'm a huge Mikoto Shindo fan but then she was so good this whole match like she was definitely one of the smaller parts of the match but every time she had something to do it was just like a big ball of energy she was hitting everybody she could find hitting them hard uh, always kind of you know making an impact when she was involved and so uh, from that alone, I really liked this. But no, there was a lot to like about it. I just, yeah, did not love it to the extent that you did. Are you a Mikoto Shindo fan? That's what I really
0: like. I am. Know. I'm a fan of all their sort of, you know, Maria, obviously, Meiho Shizuki, who we've talked about on the show before, Mikoto Shindo. I mean, I think they're all great. As I've said, I think it's the sort of strongest rookie or young at this point, maybe not rookie, but young class of wrestlers that are around just they work so well they work super high energy it's always high energy no matter what they're doing you know it looks their offense looks really good they sell really well so yes I'm a uh, I'm a big fan also have to um give a shout out to Masha Slamovich who came to uh, marvelous at the beginning of the year, I believe, for a one-month tour and has been <laughs> stuck in Japan now for eight months. Um, So pretty wild. Uh, hard to imagine going for, you know, having visited Japan to go there for a certain amount of time and be there almost, you know, closing in on a year later.
1: Yeah, I wish that were me, for sure. <laughs> um, oh, Mei Hoshizuki. You mentioned Hoshizuki, who is – Going to be in the stardom match that we kind of hoped for coming up what next month? So I guess we'll talk about that in the future. But that was announced recently.
0: Uh, Yeah, we'll talk about that. I shouldn't just be
1: vague about it. I guess she's going to wrestle Azumi at their their big show (laughs) in December.
0: Yeah, and we'll do a big uh, preview of that big. Finally, we will get a point where the big stardom shows don't fall exactly on the day we record, so we will be able to do a nice. Big preview and also a nice big review of the show. So looking forward to that, but uh, definitely looking forward to um, that match, which both of us had said on the show, we had hoped would happen.
1: Uh, my favorite match on the show was this next match, which was Asuka and Rico Kawahata versus Saori and Sari. Uh, Sari got the win. She pinned Rico uh, with a German suplex. What did I miss here at the beginning? Why was... Asuka mad at Rico. She was like refusing to tag in.
0: Oh, I think, I don't know that there was any, spe- unless I missed it as well. I don't think there was any specific thing. I think it's just Asuka is a, is sort of a heel, you know, has sometimes plays up the character of, you know, I'm a, I'm better than you. I'm a heel. So I think it was just sort of a, you're a younger wrestler and, you know, or a less experienced wrestler.
1: Figure it out in there. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: I can go for that. Um, how about those forearms? I actually, Woo! when I was watching the show, I messaged you and I said, Aaron, you have to watch this just for these forearms, which were like, Ooh,
1: yeah. Forearms are great. I mean, this had all the sari stuff that you just love to see, you know, everything that you want her to do in a match. She basically did here. That was great. Um, Asuka. No, I didn't think there was enough Asuka in the match. I thought they could have had more of her, but when she was being thrown into the corner and she reversed it by jumping basically flat footed up to the top rope or the top turnbuckle. Like I thought that was uh, extremely impressive. and kind of just blew me away for a minute.
0: Yeah. I, I, it happened in the, at the first assemble and this assemble too, and it still blows me away. The way that she takes uh suplex German suplexes, which is to jump straight up in the air and then drop herself directly on her head, uh, whoever's giving it to her. So yeah, she, I mean, now I'm a broken record about this, but every time we talk about Asuka, you know, obviously super incredibly talented and just a really hard worker and improves every time she's in the ring. I mean, especially here where she was in with three other super talented, uh, worker so yeah another another great match for her under her belt
1: uh I, since we're talking stars i went four on this one i thought it was really good well paced peaked where i wanted it to i uh, just wanted more asuka that was really all
0: i went four as well so we were all right. right in sync all
1: right uh next up
0: <laughs> i don't
1: know if i should call it
0: what i called it when
1: i uh dm'd you uh taylor i mean i don't mean it in a bad way it's just the old women's match
0: it just is that's just how it is. Yeah, the cla- uh, the the Hall of Fame, the the classics.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a classic thing in Japanese wrestling, right? There's just like one match where it's a bunch of old people. And that was this match on this show. Uh, Chigusa Nagayo, Jaguar Yokota, uh, and Kaoru Ito, Ito versus Dump Matsuboto, Kaoru, and Yumiko Hota. Um, the winner of the match, who won this match? The uh, Chigusa Nagayo team won the match. Yes.
0: Yeah, it was a fun, uh, I actually think if the lottery was, you know, if it's an actual sort of random draw lottery, I thought that this was placed very well. You know, this was the first match announced for this card when they said, oh, Assemble 2 happening, and they announced this match. And you could tell the crowd was very into it, but I liked that it. it was in the middle, you know, in the middle of the card, so people still got to see it, but it wasn't like, It wasn't in the main event spot where you're saying, well, actually, these people, you know, are the most important because I think part of the goal of Assemble is to try and get some exposure to these promotions, to the younger wrestlers, you know, to these independent promotions. So I thought it was in a great spot on the card, you know, didn't come in expecting, you know, the the greatest work rate match of all time. But just a fun match. You get to see some personalities that you don't get to see, you know, all the time in these matches. Like Dump and um, Chigusa Nagayo wrestles occasionally, but not too often. So you know, fun match.
1: After that, we had Kazuki versus Hanako Nakamori. Nakamori won. Uh, this is where the whole lottery thing kind of hit me again, Taylor, because I just felt like. All of these matches, I mean, not the Hall of Fame match, but a lot of the other matches were just full of big kickouts and stuff. You know, it's like everybody was trying to do a main event style match. And I just thought that kind of hurt the show overall.
0: Yeah, I also thought it was very interesting. This is the only singles match. They had some dark matches before um, this show, which didn't air Um, on the pay-per-view but i thought it was interesting that uh, pure j put forward a you know a singles match instead of a tag or a you know six person match so you know i thought this was good it went less than nine minutes it didn't really you know yeah i see what you mean but i guess i think it would be I I think probably there's a lot of politics involved in terms of who's going to go now. And so I think part of it is that, you know, the lottery system keeps it the most fair because then you just say, well, it's just chance and it's not us, you know, saying that this promotion is over this promotion or something like that. So I get what you're saying, but there is a part of it that's sort of tough, um, tough to decipher when you're dealing with matches that are just like, this is the pure J match. When you start switching up, you know, if they start doing interpromotional matches or maybe they have four different promotions in one match, then it's a little different because you're getting representation wherever on the card. But here I, I get where they're coming from with the, with the lottery system.
1: For sure. It can just like as a viewer and as someone sitting down to watch the show, like not at the show, it can just can cause some fatigue I guess over the, over the course of the show that's all when the matches are similarly styled in the hobby
2: it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we hype ourselves up thinking maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now introducing slab packs from arena club
1: Uh, Next up, we had the uh, Mission K-4 team of Kaho Kobayashi and Sonoko Kato versus the Beast Friend team of Aja Kong and Kaori Yonayama. Aja pinned Kaho Kobayashi. Uh, I don't know. Not much to this match, Taylor. I I know you're a big Yonayama fan. Maybe you'll come in here and defend this, but it uh, wasn't that great for me.
0: Well, it just felt sort of like a match you would see on a small Oz Academy show with, you know... Obviously, in these matches, not a huge amount of stakes. Um, So, yeah, I didn't think it was a bad match, but I agree with you that, you know, not much to it, just sort of a nice match. And, you know, another another fairly short match, we got a number of, of sub nine minute matches all in a row here. So, yeah, totally, totally fine, but not very memorable.
1: Right. Yeah, that's basically how I felt about it. Uh, Stardom joined Assemble this time around and they presented the Queen's Quest team of Azumi and Saya Kamitani against the stars team of Saya Ida and Starlight Kid. Uh, Kamitani got the pen over Ida, which I thought was interesting. I mean Azumi is one of their champions, uh, but it feels like, you know, they view Kamitani as like a big star going forward, and this was a way Yeah, maybe they're hoping some people are there who don't really watch Stardom, and so they see Uh, this like up and coming star get a win.
0: Well, and I'll say also the way that she scored the victory with that Phoenix splash, which looks very impressive, you know, especially we've talked about sometimes the, this, the running shooting star that she does is sometimes a bit iffy, but that Phoenix splash looks really good. So I could see that as a way just to say, go out there, you know, you're a young wrestler do this thing that's going to be spectacular and maybe some people who don't follow stardom see that and say, Whoa, you know, that's super impressive. I, you know, you're not seeing that move done by anyone else on the show um, on the card. So that could be, but other than that, it largely sort of felt like a stardom house show, you know, semi main event style match. So wasn't much to it, but, you know, I think if there was anything to it, it might have been trying to get over this younger star to a new audience.
1: Yes, I think that's true. Uh, yeah, not anything I didn't expect out of this kind of cold, uh, you know, feature or like showcase type match. Uh, and then in the main event, we had Arisa Nakajima and Honorihana versus Hiroyo Matsumoto and Yoshiko. And Yoshiko got the pin. Uh, she pinned Honorihana.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, another very good match, certainly, though, not at the, you know, level that I know the four of these or at least three of these people um, are capable of. But I think another good showcase for Honorihana, uh, you know, obviously, with her being the first rookie, Of seedling, it's it's always interesting to me to see what they do with her because there is no precedent as to what happens with rookies in seedling. It could be that she's a rookie losing matches like this for the next two years, or maybe in six months she, you know, all they give her a big push and she challenges for a title or something like that. So, so I think that's mainly where the my interests. Laid in this match in terms of seeing her, seeing her develop um, in the ring and and get a sort of unexpected uh, big spot here in the main event of the show.
1: Absolutely, but I mean it was. I uh, still had a lot of fun, you know, watching it. Um, it was, like I said, you know, I've kind of beat this drum, so I'll try to leave it alone. But you know, a little fatigued by this point on the card. And maybe that was playing into you also, Taylor. I'll just suggest, possibly. Especially considering you love uh especially Arisa. So a little surprising for you not to be as thrilled about this match.
0: It very it very well could be that you know it does feel I guess the whole thing does have a feel that it doesn't really build as you would, you know, when you're putting a card together, the ideal card would sort of build from the beginning to the end but of course because you're doing it very randomly there's really no chance for you to you know sort of build to the climax so my favorite two matches were at the very beginning your favorite match was pretty close to the beginning as well so so yeah but i'm interested to see as i said they announced another show for january um they have a little interim show which we'll talk about in a second but it'll be interesting to see how this promotion, if there are changes, if they start doing, you know, if they start doing the booking differently or if they start having promotions interact with each other, what changes and what sort of stays the same.
1: All right, well, let's move on to the Stardom uh, Sendai Cinderella show that we didn't get a chance to talk about last time. I don't know how. Do you want to go deeply into this, Taylor? Or do you? I mean, it was two weeks ago at this point.
0: Yeah, we don't have to go too deeply. I don't have a lot of I know on um Twitter you said it was a I think you said good, not great show. And I think I would agree with that. I think the Yokohama show was definitely uh I would put it above in terms of the entire show. I think the best match on either show happened on this show, but other than that, I felt, you know, Don't have a lot of strong thoughts about most of the undercard.
1: Well, the one undercard, like uh, extremely undercard match that I really enjoyed was the Micah and Saya Ida match that led off the show. I feel like Ida has gotten quite a bit better. Uh, They had this really gross headbutt spot in this match. There are actually uh, two big headbutts on this show, and they just sounded awful, Uh, which, again, I kind of enjoy. Uh but yeah, I thought this match was quite good. I don't know if uh if you agreed. Uh I and by quite good I mean three and a quarter, sure. you know, verging on three and a half, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm probably I'm probably around where you were, but you know, I thought it was good, but I wasn't you know, especially the, the opener of the Yokohama show was that high speed um Azumi Starlight Kid match which was so good that was like the big kickoff of that show that i was like wow this is really great so that didn't quite um it didn't match that but i agree with you that saida definitely is improving you can see the growth there um which is very very exciting to me it's always exciting uh when you can see wrestlers improve match by match
1: yes absolutely uh yeah, not a lot, you know, in these kind of middle matches. Uh they we did have the Momo Watanabe and Himika match that Momo won. Um I don't think it didn't really reach the heights I was hoping for for this kind of match. Until the closing stretch, I thought the closing stretch was quite good. Uh it was probably about as good as you want it to be for the positioning on the card. But when I see these two wrestlers together, I, I wanted something more Uh, But mainly I just walked away from it wondering, like, what is the plan with either
0: of these two people? You know? Yeah, well, we know the plan for Momo is that she's going to um, get a title challenge. But it certainly seems like there was a lot of talk of it's going to be Momo, you know, at this big anniversary show challenging for the title, which I can't imagine is the case unless she beats utami which would seem to be counterintuitive (laughs) to getting utami over to have her lose on her first defense so yeah it's just one of those things where as i said people who are not at least facing in the direction of a title so momo at least you can say okay she wins this match because then she comes out and she challenges for the title but now Himika had the um, challenge against Julia, which she lost, she loses here, and all of a sudden it feels sort of like a direct another person who, because they're not going towards a title, all of a sudden feel sort of directionless in terms of what the next steps are. It felt for a while like she was built, you know, building, building, building. And we're gonna try and get, you know make a star out of this person, but the last month or so certainly doesn't feel that way anymore.
1: Absolutely not. Uh, the the big news out of the B Priestley and Shuri match uh, which Shuri won was that she's requesting and you know presumably was granted a change in the rules for the SWA title match. So because she is half Filipina, she will be able to defend the title against Japanese people. If you didn't, like full uh, Japanese people, if you didn't no, beforehand the SWA title it's you're supposed to defend it against someone who is a different nationality than you it was often used I mean Utami was the SWA champion for a long time and they would use it for her to challenge like the Gaijins who were there on the tour or whatever but now uh you know obviously they kind of need to mix things up a little bit due to COVID there's no Gaijins coming in so Shuri since she uh is not you know uh fully Japanese. I it's all kind of like uh what's the word I want to look for loaded and I'm not trying to say any of this in a loaded fashion, <laughs> you know. Uh but she is half Filipina, half Japanese. So she is going to defend it against people who have a uh, full Japanese uh ethnicity or or whatever. Imagine that I said that uh smoothly.
0: Wow, Aaron, you said that so smoothly. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, there's like a I think there's like an issue Um, and I'm not throwing stones, of course, living in America. But I think there's an issue in Japan with like people who are not fully Japanese versus people who are like half Japanese or whatever. So I don't want to like wade into those waters in any
0: way whatsoever. Yes, this is just the technicality for this. Yes. uh, Sort of sea level. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Stardom title. Uh,
1: But let's talk about uh, the actual main event of this show, the real main event. Uh, Julia versus Konami for the white belt. Julia won with the Glorious Buster 3, apparently. Uh, Wasn't really up on all the the variations on this uh, match or on this move. Uh, But, you know, I thought this was an excellent match. And apparently you thought it was quite good, too. And I'm just stunned that people uh, didn't like this. You know, Konami... Worked the absolute shit out of Julia's arm, and that was good. Uh, you know, then Julia really sold it well. Took the beating really well. Uh, she had that uh, the big kick that kind of started her hope spot. That was good. But then Konami beat her back down quickly after that. You know, Konami got what ninety percent of this match on offense. Probably uh, this is where the other nasty headbutt spot was, and then this escalated into this just really great fight. Down the stretch. And if I had not been spoiled on the match, I think I really would have been questioning who was going to win. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I didn't love the finish. I thought it was kind of a, a weird, abrupt finish. You know, Konami had really kicked her ass the whole match. And then Julia just kind of backed into her finish. Uh, and that worked. But I'm not sure that was kind of like the story you really want to go in. I, I assume they're trying to, you know, quote, keep Konami strong. Uh, but I'm not really at all confident that they'll they'll be build on Konami coming out of this strong and like staying at a high level so I kind of discount that pretty well but the work all the way up until uh the finish I thought was very very good
0: yeah you uh took a lot of uh thoughts out of my head I also thought the finish was a bit um uh, that was really the only major issue I had with it. I thought that this was, uh, fairly by a fairly clear margin, the best match that Stardom has had since they returned from their sort of COVID hiatus, which was now a number of months ago. I thought it was really good. I think one thing that I really connected with was, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, is that stardom now has so many wrestlers whose characters are sort of defined by this general mood of I'm I'm very cool or I'm very you know serious this doesn't affect me you know you talk about Oedo Tai who are always like well we don't really care about these matches or getting disqualified, and you sort of have Donna del Mundo, which is the same way where they sort of have these characters who are a little bit more aloof, or even like someone like Momo, who's very serious. And so, what I really liked in this match was Julia, who's sort of been presented largely, for the most part, not completely, as a very sort of calm, cool, and collected wrestler all of a sudden with this arm work was it was like oh no what a you know my arm really hurts what am i going to do how am i going to get out of this it felt really like a battle for her to overcome you know the arm work the you know arm bars that were being put on you know as well as thinking that the in-ring action was really good really strong um that was the thing that really stuck out to me so i i really thought it was great and i think julia has been as we've mentioned um on the show before i think that she has really been one big success point for stardom in the year 2020 that you can point to and say definitively this is someone we wanted to you know have them get over, grow, you know, become a bigger star. And I think she has done that as well as improving, I think massively in the ring, in ring from where she started when she debuted in this company a year ago.
1: Oh, 100%. I was going back and forth to someone on Twitter about this, who was, who disagreed, but was very nice. Uh, Just saying that, you know, the Julia character hadn't really connected with them. But for me, it's like, yeah, when she first came in, I was concerned that it just was not going to happen, that she was just not a thing, really. <laughs> and uh, it turned out that it just took her some time, but it's gotten to the point now where she feel, feels like a big, huge star. So I I hope that they will give someone else the time and the investment. You know, they've been they've been treating Julia as if she were a top star since day one, even when she very clearly was not. And so you that's just what you have to do and it doesn't always take. You know, you might try that with someone else. You might try that with Utami and it doesn't take. But that doesn't mean that you are um that you should not try to make someone on that level. Uh, and as you said, Taylor, they proved with Julia that it's certainly possible, so there's no reason to not continue trying to do it. Uh speaking of Utami, you know, and the the ongoing attempts to make her a star They did what we said they should do. Taylor Utami wins. She's the new red belt champion. Um, I didn't think it was a great match, which I was surprised by because I just kind of expected you put these two in the ring and it would be excellent. In fact, I assumed it would be, you know, the better of the two top title matches, Uh, but it wasn't really. But one thing that stood out to me was it did sound like the crowd reacted pretty well to the Utami finish or the Utami win. So you know, that's one thing to look at. I, I was kind of keyed in on that of whether the crowd would be interested in Utami becoming the champion and beating Mayu. And it sounded at least like they were. So I'm interested to see kind of how she's received in their next big shows.
0: Yeah, the I I mean, the crowd was not uh, and I'm not ter- I'm not talking about the numbers here, but I'm just talking about in terms of sort of the, the vibe or the sound was it was not a great crowd during the match. I think they did react for the change, but it felt sort of it felt a little bit quiet to me, especially for you know, a match with these big stakes that that was very going in sort of 50-50 as to who would win. Now obviously people can't cheer, but there were moments when it felt like the majority of the sound was coming from the people who were ringside. And not the people in the crowd, you know, clapping, you know, force for spots or clapping to, you know, pump one wrestler up over another. So that was, to me, a bit concerning. I also felt the match was um, fairly underwhelming, especially f- considering who was in it and the stakes, and it was on this sort of bigger show that felt from the presentation of it, you know, from the entrance way and things like that felt like a bigger show um, to me. So a bit disappointing. And then, you know, we haven't gotten into after the match, a sort of bizarre uh, sequence of events leading to Momo coming out to challenge. So that also was a bit strange to me. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Uh, so Utabi says as the daughter
1: of big daddy, I'll be the new leader, or I'll be the leader of a new era of stardom. I thought that was very funny. Uh, of course, she talks about their December 20th show at Osaka, uh, Adeon Hall number one. And she's looking for a challenger. She doesn't, she isn't going to say who's going to be her challenger. She's looking for people to come out and challenge her. So Julia and Shuri come out. And, you know, that makes some sense. They both won title matches on this show. Julia says, We're the three champions, or we are three champions. Let's figure out who is the strongest. Uh Shuri, you know, kind of goes into business for herself here. She's like, wait, how about just me versus you, Utami? Julia's mad. Uh, but then Momo intervenes and she says she's decided that she's challenging. Uh Julia uh turns heel with me and says, Isn't this the same Momo that sucks? And I'll remember that forever, Momo, that you, or Julia, that you said that. Uh but then she says, Is the real Momo back now? That's good. I think that's an interesting comment. I mean, you know, sometimes they say things that are just throwaway lines, you know, but uh, it makes me wonder. But it's probably just me trying to hold on to some sort of hope that Momo will, again, be a featured person in this promotion. Uh, But Utami says that she is going to choose the one against whom she lost once, won once, and drew once. And so she's going to choose Momo. Uh, Momo will not shake hands with her. So, you know, we're building it up right now. Uh, And then that leads to Julia saying, well, fine. Well, how about uh, me and you, Shuri, battle and put our two titles on the line? So uh, that's kind of interesting. But yeah, a weird setup. I'm not sure why it was necessary. Uh, I do think Momo and Utami will be a very good match, but I guess we'll preview that uh, next episode. So I don't have to go into that now.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see as we, I just mentioned I find it hard to believe that Momo would beat Utami and you would just sort of undo the work that you did to get her to the top. But I guess anything is possible in wrestling. So, Aaron, keep holding out hope.
1: I mean, I feel like there is a zero percent chance that happens. But it doesn't mean that Momo can't still be, you know, a top player, even if she loses. Uh, to Tommy here. She's lost to Tommy in the past, of course. So uh, we'll see. But I don't know. I'm like jumping back and forth between optimism and pessimism. Uh, But that's just life. So those are the the main shows we wanted to talk about. Uh, So let's get into the spark notes and we can chat about uh, some of the smaller shows or the uh, less noteworthy shows that happened over the past couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. So Stardom did have a number of shows after their Sendai uh show on the 15th, one on the twenty twenty-first, the twenty-third, the twenty-eighth, and twenty-ninth, but not much going on there. It's sort of a quiet uh period currently for stardom as they prep for a big um end of December with a Korakin and of course the big Osaka show coming up, which we'll talk about next episode. Uh, Tokyo Joshi had a show on November 20th. It was um, big for a couple reasons. Um, They had uh, Rika Tetsumi win a five way elimination match, and she challenged Yuka Sakazaki for her title. So that will be coming up. That will be the big build uh, for the next title match. Uh, Saki Sama introduced May Saint Michel, who is Um, the newest member of Neo Bishikigun, uh, who is, I believe, a fairy that Saki-sama found in the woods while she was walking, and she convinced her to become her maid. Uh, So that's fun. A new member for um, that group after Masao turned back into Hyper Masao uh, a number of months ago and speaking of hyper masao she was in the main event facing off against super sasadango machine she announced before well before anything happened that she was going to be retiring and um, this would be her retirement match so super sasadango machine came out and announced that instead of wrestling her he would be hosting a sort of bachelor bachelorette type spin-off show <laughs> Uh, to determine who would have uh, Hypermassau's retirement match on the show, they went through a whole sequence of events. Um, Hypermassau tearfully um, talked about her retirement. But then there was a twist where it turned out that Hypermassau became engaged and decided not to retire. So the show ended with uh, a lot of the roster in the ring crying. Uh, Tears of Joy, Hyper massau now engaged. She has been going around um, at the subsequent shows. They had a show on the 23rd and the 28th. She's now carrying a sort of bouquet of flowers, which she uses as a weapon in her matches, which has been deemed legal because she is um, engaged to be married. So that is legal, but really a big... Um, Probably the biggest event that happened on a wrestling show, even though the majority of it was not um, in any way wrestling uh, related. That show really blew up uh, on Twitter. Uh, Choco Pro chugs along. We're getting close, I believe, to the end of season four. Um, they did Choco Pro 66 through 70. 70 was just yesterday with a main event of Lulu Pencil versus ryo mizunami that was a lot of fun uh seedling big uh big happenings in seedling seri and yoshiko beat uh the tag champions best friends for the tag title so seri now a champion in seedling Aaron, we've talked about this um before we don't really know what the plan is with seri when she's going to when slash if she's going to leave for WWE. But doesn't it seem to you, it seems like to me, that her winning a title means she's probably going to be sticking around for at least a few more months. Yeah, that's the first thing that I thought of when
1: I saw this. And it's also strange, right? Like Mako goes over to the UK, at least. Uh Jiro is in America somehow eating at the eating at the mall. uh with Kurt Stallion. In <laughs> one of the saddest pictures I've ever seen in my life. Uh and Saris just here just winning titles and working every show, and
0: I just have no clue what's going on with her. Yeah, it's weird to predict, but you know, if she sticks around for a few more months, good with me, because as we talked about, we've liked watching her. So one
1: hundred percent. Happy um, to have her around.
0: I don't know if this show is going to make tape. I'm sure it'll be up somewhere. Usually, if it doesn't make tape, Seedling puts the matches on their YouTube channel. So, hoping that will be the case for this if it doesn't air somewhere, because I think it probably was a very, very good match and uh, I would like to see it. Um, Sendai Girls, as we mentioned before, had that Korokin Hall show, which was going to be the seven on seven against Marvelous, uh, which Marvelous had to pull out of. So they changed it to a one-night tournament. Uh, they brought in Saki Kai, her first ever appearance in Sendai, which was a lot of fun. Um, it is, at this time, I think through December 3rd, available on the Zyco uh, pay-per-view service. It's a very easy, quick watch. The whole show is under two hours. Uh, the tournament was won by Dash Chizako, so hopefully that portends... Um, Some good things for her, maybe a push or a title challenge or a title win. Uh, We can certainly hope because I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, Ice Ribbon had their joint show with Actress Girls on the 16th. That will be on Nico on December 1st. The reviews have been very strong for that show, so I'm looking forward to see it on December 1st. And Ice Ribbon had a show on um, just today on the 29th, November 29th, with a triangle ribbon match, Ram Kaichou uh successfully defeating Mochi Miyagi and Tsukasa Fujimoto, and Risa Sarah defending her fantastic ice title successfully against Yuki Mashiro. Really gutted for uh Joshi Twitter on that one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh and Actress Girls had a Corican by themselves on the 24th of November, where they did a um, one night tag tournament that will be on Nico on December 2nd. And then wave um, I believe um, Aaron may have mentioned this early in the show. Wave had their conclusion to their dual shock wave tournament, uh, which featured also a title match. Nagisa Nosaki against Rina Shingaki and Seri and Hibiki winning the dual Shock Wave tournament in the final. So another uh victory for Seri. Aaron, what did you think of uh the Wave show? Uh the title match did not really move me very much.
1: <laughs> I thought it was uh exceedingly slow and hard for me to get into and I was bummed because I'm usually love nozaki matches
0: but this one didn't really work for me am i am i out to lunch here no and i think also the fact that it was not you know clearly wasn't the main event because the tournament finals was the main event but it was still it wasn't even the semi main event it was actually the second match on a four match card so i think you know the stakes were not super high and you know wasn't wasn't anything to write home about
1: yeah, the the main event was a lot of fun. The uh Dual Shockwave tournament finals uh just, you know, silly stuff, shenanigans from uh Boston Mammy. Just like everything you want in like a um just kind of a goofy, not all goofy. There was a lot of like hard hitting stuff in it. But yeah, just a fun uh wave style main event. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, as I've said before, I like these sort of interesting out of the box ideas that wave has for these tournaments and different shows that they do. So I thought it was a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward uh, to the eventual title match between Sari and Hibiki and Boston Mammy. So that should be uh, very, that should be very good. And then the last thing was Diana was supposed to have a show today on November 29th, but that show was canceled as we mentioned at the top of the program because of the, uh, covid issues
1: all right so what shows are we going to be able to talk about on our next episode i know we're going to be previewing the big uh stardom osaka uh adion arena show but what else are we going to be able to talk
0: about so assemble has a show i don't believe it's going to be on pay-per-view it is taking place at sagamiko resort pleasure forest Uh, which sounds (laughs) like quite a place to watch a a wrestling show. (laughs) Um, But the, I think the most interesting thing to me is that it's only they've announced it's going to be four matches, but currently they've announced that six promotions are going to be involved. Now, marvelous is part of that. And pure J is part of that. As I mentioned earlier, December 5th, which is when the show is, is supposedly when this quarantine for Marvelous ends. So I don't know if they're counting it as December 5th is the first day they'll be able to do shows or if they will not be on the show. If they and Pure J are not on the show, then there's only four. There's Sendai Girls, Oz Academy, Seedling, and T-Hearts, which is all the freelancers. So that would be four promotions, four matches. But if it is all six promotions, they would need to mix and match some of these people uh, on the card because obviously each promotion couldn't get their own match. So that will be something, something to keep uh, an eye on to see whether maybe that's what the future holds for this promotion, more interpromotional matches, uh, mixing and matching of talent. Uh, Stardom has two shows coming up. Uh, They're they're smaller shows. They have a show on December 6th, which is headlined by uh, a six-person tag, Utami, Momo, and Azumi versus Starlight Kid, Mayu Iwatani, and Riho. That sounds like it could be a super fun match, um, something to look out for. And then Stardom has a show on the 13th at Shinjuku Face. Uh, Nothing has been announced for that show yet but something to keep an eye on. Tokyo Joshi has a show on December 6th where Yuki Kamafuku will make her first defense of her newly won international princess title against Mihiro Kiryu. Um, They were originally supposed to challenge for the tag titles um, back when Yuki injured her finger. Um, and that never happened. So now Mahiro is challenging for her title. Diana, it looks like is going to make up their eleven twenty nine show with a twelve six show, uh, which will it will be one of their dojo shows. So it will probably make it on YouTube. And then Diana has a show um, on the thirteenth at Shinjuku Face. It will have Nagisa Nosaki from Wave taking on Ayako Sato. And then the main event is Kyoko Inoue, Keoru Ido, and Haruka Umasaki versus Chigusa Nagayo, Tomoko Watanabe, and Rin Katakura. So a, a pretty interesting mix there of um, different talent. And then other than that, uh, Choco Pro only has two shows announced for the upcoming weeks: uh, Choco Pro 71 and 72. So um, that will be, I that may bring us to the end of season four, and there may be a break there. But that is what is coming up in the world of Joshi wrestling.
1: I was just looking at it, and Stardom has, according to Cage Match, at least, has not run Shinjuku Face since November of 2016.
0: Yeah, I didn't think so when I first saw that. I I was trying to think when the last time I even remember them running there was, and Obviously, that's why I didn't remember because it's been so long. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of show they they put together there, especially because a few days after that, I believe it's maybe three days after that, they will have their Corican Hall show, um, Mm -hmm. I believe, on the 16th. So it will be be interesting to see. It was a Goddesses Tag League show. Uh,
1: Some interesting names on here. Chelsea Green. Yep, Santana Garrett, Chris Wolf, Uh Thunder Rosa was on the show. <laughs> so just interesting little card here. Uh, all right, well, we're not going to have. It doesn't sound like a ton to talk about on our next episode. Although you know it's December, should do we need to do some sort of like awards or things
0: we liked from the
1: year? Do we need to do that on the show?
0: Yeah, maybe we could do a. Maybe we could do a sort of award, maybe we could take questions maybe maybe Ooh. year-end wrap up uh questions. Um talk about our favorite matches of the years and promotions like that. But yeah, maybe that would be a good time to do it cuz then the following episode will be the review of the big stardom Osaka show, so we'll have plenty to talk about there.
1: You know, unless of course something from that show would have made our our, our list, but I guess that's okay. People will understand.
0: That's what happens. You can't, you know, unless you want to convene on new year's Eve and do a, do a two hour podcast recording,
1: buddy. I'm not going to have shit else to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, yeah, let's, let's do that next episode. That'll be fun. Uh, because I don't see a ton here that is going to take up our time on the next show. So yeah, let's think about doing that. Um, Although, frankly, I've started looking back at matches and stuff, and there's just not a lot of matches I've really loved this year. I'm not sure if that says more about the year or more about me, but, uh, yeah, down, down year for me, I would say, in, for wrestling.
0: Well, not helped by the fact that about two months of it had no wrestling in it. Yeah. Or, or very little very little wrestling and very little big, you know, the wrestling that was happened was largely, you know, we're in a room alone, here's a here's a show.
1: Right, which was not uh, terribly fun to watch. So, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, we'll work on that, and we can talk about that next time. Uh, but I think that's it, unless you have anything else, Taylor. I think that covers it all. Okay, well, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Audio. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Taylor's at Tay Mambo. Subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star rating and a review if you use the Apple Podcast app. Tell a friend who likes Joshi about the show. Uh, and if you'd like to, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows, slash jumping, dash bomb, dash audio. So uh, I think that's it. We'll see you next time.
0: Bye-bye.